Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Man on Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name's Colm McDuff and I'll be your host as always. 
joining me tonight to cover the it's not quite the Rangers first team back and back in action, but in this preseason it's um, as close as we will get. Craig Campbell's here to discuss the Masters tournament. Craig, how are you doing? I'm not bad, Colin. Um, well, I say that as I'm lying here with a, a fractured foot for five or six last night, but um, as good as possible. And um, I just touched on what you said there about the the, the mat, well, the games at the weekend. Um, I think. I'm, I'm at that point now where I am ready to get back to the football. Um, it didn't really matter what I was watching um, on Saturday. I, as long as it had a Rangers jersey um, involved in it, um, I was buzzing to be there. Oh, good to hear, mate. Just before we get into um, the night itself, the games, a massive thank you to also the organisers of the Masters 360 Sports and Ready 10 Media for allowing the gallant few to... Uh, Go along, um, take some notes to their videos and um, obviously do this pod off the back. It's massively appreciated. But um, Craig, kick us off with the Saturday night. Obviously, yourself and Chris were there representing the Gallant Few and you had both had your boys ways as well. How was, uh, how was the atmosphere in the build-up? It was brilliant, um, Colin. I, I, I was kind of saying to you just um, a wee while ago that I've been to Brayhead Arena quite a few times to watch the um, ice hockey and it's it's a it's a cracking arena to go to for any kind of event, but um, particularly for a kind of sporting event, I think it's it's got the makings of um, a proper a proper wee stadium. Um, for anyone that's not been to, it's it's basically a kind of circular kind of dome. Um, it's obviously enclosed as well, so you've got the makings of a pretty good atmosphere already. Add into the bargain, you're playing against um, two of the top teams um, that come from England: Manchester United and, and Liverpool, and then. Um, one team for, for Glasgow and um, another amazing team for Glasgow, Glasgow Rangers. Um, so the build-up, you went in and <laughs> it was funny, you go into Brayhead and it's obviously a lot busier than what it normally would be on a Saturday night. Um, you start seeing a couple of Liverpool tops and you start seeing a couple of Manchester United tops. But then the nerves start hitting uh, as you start walking in and you start seeing Celtic and Rangers tops because you start realising, oh, we're, we're going to be playing them tonight. Um and that's the old, it's the old saying is that um, it doesn't matter what Rangers and Celtic are playing, whether it's Fiddly Winks, it's, it's going to be intense. Um, and that I, never leaves you, does it? That never leaves you. I even remember in primary school, um, at lunchtime, it used to be Rangers fans against Celtic fans, and honestly, it was like, it, it was like the build-up. Your life had built up to that moment. It really doesn't matter, does it? 100%. 100%. Uh, it's, it's funny, like, as we were coming out of the car park and we started seeing... Um, some of the fans and stuff, and I started getting the wee, wee knot in my belly like I normally would um, in the build up to a like a big match. It's mad that we're talking about that for like a, a legends tournament um, with players that some of them have not played for like a decade and stuff. But um, <laughs> started getting the tunes on in the car and stuff and getting proper built up for it. It was I, it was a buzz. Brilliant man. So uh, before the football, the Rangers team itself. I'm not going to lie. Um, when I seen this Rangers team, um, <laughs> typical cocky call and full of optimism, I thought, we, we'll have this wrapped up in two games. <laughs> I thought we had a really good squad. Um, and on paper, I was I, I was quite looking forward to seeing how they were going to fail. 100%. Uh, I mean, going right through the team, you'd, I mean, Alan, Alan Hutton, um, it wasn't that long ago Alan Hutton was playing in the Premier League. Um, a proper standout for Aston Villa. Um, you, you're looking at Barry Ferguson, arguably one of Rangers' greatest ever players. 
Um, again, it's been kind of playing and maybe not playing, but in, in coaching roles and stuff. And a guy that you would like to think is kind of keeping himself uh, ticking over. You've got Chris Boyd. That Chris Boyd is Chris Boyd. I mean, he was never. Chris really Boyd looks like a pundit now, didn't he? Oh, mate, do you know? I was a wee bit. I was. I was kind of building myself up in in hope for Chris Boyd because. I know he was doing a lot of things over the last few years, particularly during lockdown for charities, and he was doing kind of runs and stuff. So I was thinking, I mean, the guy's the guy's a a good looking guy on the telly, and um, doesn't look as if he's massively overweight. But you put a football tap on him, and I uh, there's a couple of tires in that in that uh, mid drift of his. Um, but like you were saying about the team, like the team was littered with quality, and um, Kenny Miller again, a player that. I don't think he has actually. He must have retired actually because if you have to be retired to play in that, but not long ago, I'm talking about a year or two ago, he was he was getting games for Livingston and he was getting games for um, Partick Thistle and stuff. Um, Pedro Mendes, a guy that has quality, and you would you would think he doesn't need to necessarily be that fit to actually do a job. Um, it turned out Pedro Mendes for me was probably the fittest guy in that in that tournament um, and then Roy Carroll who can't really say much about his, his Rangers time um, but he's a, he's a Northern Ireland internationalist um, Man United player um, it, it's, a, it's a decent pedigree going into something like that you know so I very similar to yourself where I'm looking at the other teams and I'm going we should be we should be comfortably winning this Aye, with the other teams lined up, and this isn't a, <laughs> this isn't me looking at my Rangers, looking at it with my Rangers bias. I didn't rate the Celtic team too much. The Man U team looked okay, and Liverpool, the likes of Jamie Carragher, Jermaine Pennant, um, they had a decent squad. But you thought, I definitely thought Rangers were going into this with a with a good crack of the whip. Aye, definitely. And I've been going through the teams like you said about Celtic. Um, I was a wee bit surprised that, I, I mean, Robson didn't, I mean, I, a lot of people don't rate Robson when he was at Celtic. I, I was one of the kind of angel supporters. I, I didn't like playing against him. Um, he always seemed to score goals. He, he was he was always in the right positions. Um, I, I always thought he was quite an underrated player. Um, Simon Donnelly, before my time, um, there, was, there was Stylian Petrov, who is a remarkable athlete, obviously, taking on what he went through, obviously, um, with his illness and stuff, and then came out of that and still played after that. Um, he was another player that I absolutely despised playing against him because he, he always seemed to come up with a goal or an assist against Rangers. Um, but looking at the Man United team, and this isn't any disrespect, um, it's probably my lack of knowledge of the English game, particularly in the kind of 90s and, and 2000s. But um, apart from John O'Shea, I didn't really know any of the other players. Um, it was a Liverpool team where I went by Robbie Fowler, similar to Chris, Broy, Chris Boyd, sorry, where doesn't need to necessarily be fit. The guy's a finisher. So if he just stands around that kind of goal mouth bit, he's going to get goals. Um, Carragher and Mendes, I mean, I'd said there about Mendes, but Carragher, I need to say about Carragher, what an athlete, what a, what a performance in each game he put in. Um, I mean, you're talking about legends matches and they're all kind of ex-pros and obviously a lot of them are friends through punditry and there's that mutual respect. There was a tackle in the first game that Carragher played and you could see for the stand when he made the gritty teeth and for the challenge, um, he went, he's still got that desire. 
Um, but he's still going on that park one to one every single tackle, every every ball that's that's there to be won, he's going in for it. Um, so I just to kind of reiterate that, like out with the kind of Liverpool team. I mean, Pennant looked as if he could still play the the way he was running about the park and stuff like that, and um, he was he was a step above with the fitness levels. Um, Robbie Fowler. Uh, Robbie Fowler looks as if he's no played that game of football in probably about twenty years, but I'd probably be right with that. Um, but I uh, again, I was I was really really confident up till the first game. Well, well, it just it sounds like um, life as a Rangers fan, you always go in confident and just demanding that we win regardless. But let's go into the first game. Um, Liverpool six, Rangers two. It ended up so. I know you said beforehand that. Um, the Rangers players might not have really got to grips with what Masters football was all about before this game. Nah, nah, and it, it was quite telling the first match, um, particularly kind of Barry Ferguson, um, who is my all-time Rangers great. Like I, I, I grew up with Ferguson number six in the back, and I was devastated when he left, and I was absolutely like ecstatic when when he came back halfway through that season when we won the league with Alex McLeish. Um, we all remember that one when they brought in Bellamy and all that stuff and they were going to really kick on and it ended up it was the Rangers team that kicked on and won the league that year but um pretty sure that was the helicopter Sunday just getting that one in there it's a Rangers podcast may as well get it in um but just kind of touching on that first game with Barry Ferguson obviously Masters football it's got certain rules it's different from your kind of normal five asides eleven asides seven asides it's, it's, it's a different kind of it's a different thing altogether. One of the main rules in it is that there must be an opposition player in the in the other uh, team's half at all times. Doesn't matter if it's um, the same player or if they they alternate, but there must be another player. And I think it's it's more about trying to kind of allow for a team or stop a team, sorry, from kind of just parking the bus if they go two 0 up. I mean that's fair to us because all of these Rangers players played under Walter Smith at one point, so they probably would have done that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Going back to Verder Bremen away, uh, two thousand and eight. Exactly. Probably half the team was in that uh, on that park um, that night, but um, Barry Ferguson didn't really understand that, and you could see it because it was points where he was at the last point of the Rangers defence, and he was getting the ball. He was going forward, and instead of just taking the ball forward a couple of yards into the opposition half, where the the, the striker couldn't follow, um, he was wanting to just pass the ball. So you were ending up with a less one player less in their half, and it was kind of it meant we were breaking down very very quickly. If you switch that over to the Liverpool way of playing, Liverpool were coming at us like as a full team, and they knew that as soon as they stepped over the the halfway line. Whoever it may have been, it was Chris Boyd at the start. Chris Boyd certainly wasn't tracking back whether he was allowed or not. Uh, I have to say that. Um, but you were nullifying a Rangers player, so you were actually you were going up the park. Liverpool were going up the park, and they were they were an extra man uh, every time. And what they done, and the, I don't know if it was a way that Rangers were trying to play at the start and trying to kind of um, conserve energy. But Liverpool had that game won at half time. Um, the Blues away, they. they they went at his attack after attack and Rangers couldn't live with it in the first half, unfortunately, and gave us a mountain to climb in the second half. Oh, well, 6-2, well, that's uh, some start to your, ma- your 2022 Masters tournament. Um, 
fared a wee bit better in the second game, beating Man U 4-2, so um, talk to me about that. Was that, did they, was that just a better quality team? Did they get to grips with the tactics, or a mixture of both? I mean, you've seen Rangers, uh, I mean, we were talking about it off-air, um, Barry Ferguson. Um, for anyone that's listening in that, that didn't see Barry Ferguson playing during his Rangers uh, years, Barry was always known as the, the moan of the team. He would always be the one that was shouting at players and um, was never happy whether we were playing a team and beating them 6-0. Barry Ferguson was still, you would never see him smiling. Um, if you think of Morelos, Barry Ferguson was even worse than that. Um, they went off the park and there was a you could see there was a few disagreements and there was a few fingers getting pointed and um, I think in that time there was a couple of play- games that get played um, and Rangers players were able to watch and see how other teams were setting up and how they were playing um, but certainly the first five minutes against Man United you could see that they got to grips with it a wee bit more Barry Ferguson wasn't staying in the Rangers half he was actually taking the ball forward and carrying it um, Alan Hutton got an injury quite early on as well um, which no disrespect to Alan Hutton because uh, I mean his last season at Rangers he was he was phenomenal like, to say he was phenomenal would be an understatement um, he was Calvin Bassey-esque um, in, that, in that last year um, I remember people saying he went into a kind of supernova and it was like every time he got the ball he would just run at defenders and stuff that wasn't it Alan Hutton that was playing the other night Alan Hutton kind of camped in the Rangers half and he was quite happy just to pass the ball um, and that will get you so far but it doesn't get you goals and and wins in that kind of tournament um, you really need to be full on and, and proper playing um, I think it actually worked in Rangers benefit because that meant that other players had to be utilised more i.e. Michael Moles um, and Kenny Miller um, you've seen Chris Boyd tired in a wee bit but the way that the way that the game kind of panned out it looked as if Man United in the first kind of game that they'd played had kind of shot the boat a wee bit and Rangers were in the ascendancy a bit more. Um, I was actually disappointed when I scored more goals in that game, if I'm being honest, Colin. Oh, well, good to, good to hear the final goal, the, the grips together. And just talk about that, about that wee feud between Barry Ferguson and Kenny Miller, because I know Barry was always a great and face captain, always wanted the ball. Six, as you say, 6 0 was never good enough for him. Kenny Miller had a bit of that in about him as well, but I mean, that's um, his. <laughs> It's kind of heartwarming to see that they still have that in them. This is a friendly tournament. <laughs> this is uh, a nice wee Friday night Legends game in yep. front of front of groups of families, and they are still itching to win and be the best. Um, that's it's admirable. <laughs> I'll be honest, hundred percent. And I, I think as well, there was a bit of a surprise. I think from the Rangers team because you're looking at it's in Glasgow. You're playing against Liverpool and Man United um, and Celtic are there. You're not expecting um, many Man United and Liverpool fans to, to, to come up the road and, and on a Saturday night and, and pay money. like yeah, Tickets for kind of reasonable price and stuff, but paying quite, paying quite a bit of money to travel up and stuff. Um, and lo and behold, when Liverpool scored the first goal, half of every head arena erupted. Um, so it became quite apparent quite quickly that it was kind of 50-50 between Rangers and Celtic um, in numbers and of course uh, with the Glasgow rivalry um, when one half uh, doesn't do so well the other half uh, tends to revel in it. Um, and it and it certainly kind of showed in the first kind of 10 minutes because there was a few um, there was a few songs that you played by the DJ and 
Um, I would say they're more green um, of the persuasion in Glasgow. And uh, certainly, I mean, you're looking at the team and you're looking at Chris Boyd, who makes no bones about it that he's a Rangers man. He does it in Sky Sports every other night. Um, Barry Ferguson, who was born into a Rangers family, his big brother played with Rangers from when Barry was a young boy. And um, then you're looking at the likes of Roy Carroll, who was obviously a blue nose from, from Northern Ireland. Alan Hutton, who was a Rangers man. Michael Moles, who He's at every Rangers event that you could possibly think of still, and he's not played for Rangers for near enough probably 15 years. Um, and Pedro Mendes, that's been involved with Rangers through kind of working as an agent and stuff. So they're all they're all still linked and tied to the team or the club, sorry. Um, and I, I did, it's probably me romanticising it a wee bit, Colin, but I, I felt like the way that the Celtic fans celebrated their goals in the Liverpool game. I felt it kind of galvanised the Rangers team a bit and went, let's not get get ourselves embarrassed here, particularly when there's Celtic fans loving it. Um, and <clears throat> I, I think that had a part to play in it as well um, for the for the next games that we played because we certainly stepped up a level. So let's go on to the, um, the, the old, old firm then, since it's a legend, um, two each that finished. Touching on the before the game, the the atmosphere at this point, um, I think a, a DJ in Glasgow at any event always has to be careful with the with the music they play. So did the did the DJ manage to keep it the right side of um, tongue and cheek? Yeah, well, up until after the from game, I would say that, but um, he he gave I think he gave us like, a song each um, before the game, and um, it certainly kind of helped with the. The, the kind of the blood pressure getting raised a bit more um, before the game. Um, I wouldn't say it was as, as intense as with it as Ibrox or the other stadium in Glasgow, but um, it was certainly getting there. Um, and the thing is, as well, you're sitting you're sitting amongst it's a mixed company that you're you're sitting around, um, <laughs> and it was all good jest. There wasn't any there wasn't any bad songs that get sung or anything like that, but. Um, it was certainly when songs were getting sung, they were getting sung with a wee bit of extra passion. Uh, just because nah, the fist pumping in the air through gritted teeth, I bet you. That's... Aye, aye. Uh, that, that's just my wee boy that I'm talking about. There. <laughs> that's, uh... <laughs> but aye, um, it, was, <clears throat> it was brilliant. And kinda just the first couple of minutes, and it was the exact same as any old, old firm game where you watch, and the first couple of minutes, you, you can generally tell how a game's going to get panned out in an old firm game, whether there's people... If there's somebody that's going to go in and win a tackle, or they're going to shirk out it, if there's a bit of fast movement getting done, um, you can generally tell in the first couple of minutes in an old firm game, and you could tell in the first couple of minutes of that game that Rangers were on it, and they really, really wanted it. And um, we, we blew Celtic, and I'm, I'm no, this isn't an overstatement, Rangers Rangers blew Celtic away, particularly in the first half of that. Um, they, they were playing triangles, they were getting torn into tackles. You'd Lee McCulloch, that was pretty non-existent up until that point. Um, we play Lee was Lee was even chipping in with with a few runs, and um, Chris Boyd could have walked away with that probably with two hat tricks in that game. Um, he managed to score, which he done his usual run, his usual smile. Um, I think that was directed at a few <clears throat> a few Celtic fans in the corner, but um, as the game went on, I mean we. We went down to two one against them, and there was times where I'm going, "How can we be getting beat here?" Because when I say that we blew them away, we were playing phenomenally at times. Um, there was a couple of points when, like I said, Chris Boyd was one on one, and you're going, "He's 
Like all he has to do is just hit this. It, it doesn't matter where he's hitting it. Um, Bab Douglas was truly formed throughout that tournament. Um, the only thing he didn't do, which he used to do, was was throw the ball in the net. Um, <clears throat> but I think because he's size, I mean, see see the thing is as well. You're at that tournament, and you're closer to the, the players than you normally would be in stadiums. And uh, I never ever realised how big Rab Douglas was. It must be he's a, he's a giant, isn't he? Aye, oh, huge, unbelievable. unbelievable. Um, I mean, he had to duck down when he was walking under the goals. He was that big. Um, but to come away from that, I mean, you're no one to. One thing is, see when the see when the minutes start ticking down, you're two one down against Celtic. You just want to, you do not want to get anything beat. Um, and we knew as well that if we drew, there was still a chance. We knew that before the game, Celtic Celtic couldn't win the tournament, um, but you did not want. It's the usual. You don't want to be getting beat at anything by Celtic. Um, and, and luckily enough, um, we managed to get that goal at the end. And I think with it being a kind of family event and stuff, I kind of walked away from it. Obviously disappointed that we never won it, but I'm going, it's probably best for all parties that uh, it ended up a draw. Um, that's me with my balanced... Uh, Aye. In the middle of July pre-season. is... Pre-season. <laughs> Aye. That's, that, you can tell it's pre-season. Uh, get another month and I'll certainly not be talking like that. Aye, everything that goes on in Glasgow in the middle of July, um, as little old from animosity as possible is probably best. But Aye, that's um, <laughs> that's good. So Celtic two, Rangers two, and then in the last game, Man U scrudged Liverpool four two, and then that ends up being the final. Um, so going into the final, mate, um, we didn't have a horse in that race, but Liverpool end up beating Man U five three in the final. Yeah. Um, Good I game. Was it fair, fair winners for Liverpool? I, I mean, I would say from the very start, uh, Liverpool were the standout team, mate. Um, I mean, I have to, I have to give credit when credit's due. They, they were, they were good to watch. Um, it was good to see players like Robbie Fowler. And Robbie Fowler was proper, like giving it, giving it his all. Um, and for a player that is clearly not firing all cylinders with his fitness, um, it, it was good to see. I mean, they definitely gave their money's worth. Um, for for the pun, punters that came and watched, but um, what I will say is that I, it was a bit of a surprise. Well, when I say a bit of a surprise, I could not see Man United beating that team, and the what kind of turned out to be like the kind of semi final, where it ended up being the final. It was a bit strange, but um, if you were to kind of watch that that tournament over, and you kind of go right, <clears throat> who's the kind of the poorest team to play in this tournament? I would have I would have actually said Man United. Um, there was there was points when Celtic played pretty well. Um, I wouldn't say that there was points in any games where I would go about Man United. I'll go. They played absolutely fantastic there. Um, they they were just pretty kind of consistent and did they make many mistakes and stuff. And um, whereas I think and again given Celtic their due, um, I think they probably went too gung ho at times and left themselves exposed at the back. Um, and Man United were the kind of boring team of the tournament. Um, again, that's not to be disrespectful to them or anything, but um, Rangers hat back on, I think it would have been a better final had it been Liverpool and Rangers. I totally agree with you there, mate. Um, and I do need to put the disclaimer in this as a Rangers podcast, so obviously I'm going to say that. Um, but all in all, okay, again, so that's the first first Masters tournament in the UK for 10 years, I'm sure. Um Worthwhile night, and would you go back in? 
honestly, that that's got the potential to be something absolutely spectacular. Like, see if see if there was even a, a leak that they did, and they played maybe every other month or something, and just went round this uh, different areas of the UK. I think it could be absolutely massive. Um, I, I mean, I was looking forward to it as a night out with my son, and obviously represent the pod, and um, it was good to just get out of the house um, after having COVID for for a period there, but. Um, from the moment that I stepped out the car and head to till I got home, because it was one of the ones where you're driving home and you're talking about all the players and you're talking about the things that happened in the in the tournament and stuff. Driving home, it was a fantastic experience. And what I will say is, it was extremely well organised as well. Brilliant. That's that's good to hear, and that's all you really want. Again, like um, we are. We're probably delving into the football um, a bit more than what people expect, but we, you know, we're a football podcast. But that's that, that's brilliant, man. It's it's been a good show. But every team's gave a good account of themselves, and it's been a well organised night for. Regardless if you're going there with your pals or you're going there with with kids, families, you can go there um, and just enjoy yourself. So long may continue, and there's definitely the appetite for it because it was, you know, it was streamed in television as well, and a lot of people were scrambling to go and watch it. I mean, we're always dying for football um, in the summer. This one especially, it's it's an international tournament year, but we don't have an international tournament in the summer, so we're starved. So uh, there's definitely... There's definitely in the grounds a regular, a regular event there. I think. Mate, see when you think it. I mean, it's it's a few thousand that that um, arena holds, and for it to sell out, and it could have probably sell out twice um, with the demand, particularly the kind of week leading up to it. Um, and you think of what's going on in the country with with the cost of living, and people find it really, really difficult these days um, to find money to do anything out with just paying their bills. Um, it's. On the flip side of that as well, I think it's really important that we do have things to look forward to. Um, it's, it can be difficult for people to find things to do as a family. And um, What I really liked about it as well, and I've seen it quite quite a bit in that arena, there was there was mixed, there was people in groups where there was a couple of Celtic shop, uh, tops and there was a couple of Rangers tops in one particular group. Um, so it was like people going as families and they might not always be, all be Rangers supporters and they might not all be Celtic supporters, but they can do it as a family, which... It gives them somewhere to go and something to do and something to look forward to, particularly in a time when we're all finding it so hard. Um, which I, um, like you said, long may it continue, and I hope that there is many more to be organised. Yep, I can't, can't agree more, Craig. Um, well, I think that that will do us for tonight, mate. Um, thanks very much again for you know going there, um, taking it in for the pod, and then come on and talking to us about it, mate. It's been a pleasure. It's my, my absolute pleasure. Um, thanks again to the guys for the, the tickets and um, apologies for the the issues that I had with my... Uh, I'm, I'm not the most tech savvy um, when it comes to, to things and I managed to delete the video that I'd done when I was um, when I was there. So apologies on that. Make sure the next time it yeah. doesn't happen. <laughs> well, long-term listeners of the Gallant Few know that Oh no, we're about well, a shower of idiots at times, so um, no surprise if we had one plan and it was to do a video from the stadium and that one basic task went awry. But um, for for the listeners who follow us regularly, Chris Paul will um, 
excuse me, Chris Paul, um, regular podder, him and his son will have a video up on their YouTube as well, just covering their thoughts of the game. A nice wee father-son video um, talking about how they took in the night. But just to echo Craig, thanks uh, to the organisers for supporting us with this pod and thanks everybody for listening. All the best and take care and just remember, we are the people.